welcome to episode number 28 of the Chirping the Cats podcast. I'm your host, David Dwork, and right now we're just going to dive right in head first because my guest today is Florida Panthers goaltender Chris Dreeder, and he's right here with me. So, Dreeds, thanks so much. Welcome to the podcast, and uh, thanks for taking some time with me today. Yeah, David, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. No, it, it's my pleasure, man. And I've been anxious to talk to you just because I'm a fellow goaltender. I love doing the goalie chats, and, and we'll get into some of that good goalie stuff shortly. But um, I, the first thing I wanted to ask you, in three, three years in Ottawa, you played three games. You, you bounced around a lot, the AHL, the ECHL for multiple seasons. And last year, you, for the first time, you've established yourself as an NHL goaltender. So just curious, like, where's your head at right now? What, what's your confidence level at heading into the new season? I feel good. Um, like you said, yeah, it's been a long road to get here, but I'm thankful for the lessons I learned along the way. It hasn't been easy, but uh, I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for um, those lessons that I've learned in, uh, in the different leagues and different cities and teams that I've played in. So I feel good. Um, it feels like those those uh, years in, in the coast tested me a little bit, and um, they really just gave me a resilient mindset. So I, I've kind of Look to take that into um, into my play here in the NHL. So it's been uh, it's been good. My confidence is high, and I'm I'm uh, looking forward to getting after it this season. Are there any parts of your game that you've been working on this summer, or any any areas that you're hoping to improve on in the upcoming season? Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, you know, it's it's hard to so I, you know I talked with my goalie coach Rob Talis a little bit, and uh, last season ended up going going well for me. So it wasn't. Uh, much of a reinvention of my game rather than going back and looking and see what worked well and, um, you know, and how I was feeling and, and, uh, you know, what were my, what were my thought processes while I was playing well, um, and going in that, going in there in, uh, you know, the memory bank and, and kind of remembering what it was like and then putting that to pen and paper and, and kind of making sure that when things aren't going well, it's something that I can come back and, and fall back on. So we took a lot of time, uh, a couple of different phone calls, um, just sort of chatting through what he saw and what I felt. And, um, you know, we kind of compared notes and, and uh, did a little bit of that, but it was good. So I, I just kind of wrote down a lot of the things that I was doing, um, you know, that, that I thought were helping me succeed and just a lot of things that I was thinking too, because those are um, equally, if not more important. So it was just sort of capturing that mindset and uh, using that as, as kind of a having, having that written down and ready to go um, because, you know, you know, things went well. I had a short, um, short sample size, I guess, a small sample size of, of last season, um, you know, just over 10 games. So, um, you know, throughout a whole season, um, no matter, you know, how many games you get, they're all not going to go great. Um, so yeah, it's just kind of getting that prepared and, and preparing for when things don't go well. And, and then, you know, just kind of enabling myself to be in, in a good mindset going forward. And one of the things that, that I noticed watching you play last year is you were very consistent in the way that you play technically sound. You, you stay kind of locked into your stance. There's not many unnecessary movements. You're not kind of flailing all over the place. You're locked into your crease. You're tracking the puck really well. And to see that coming from somebody who didn't have the experience in the NHL to just jump right in and be able to play at that kind of a consistent level was really, it was nice to see. And uh, I'm guessing from your perspective, it made your life a little bit easier. Yeah, definitely. That's always kind of been my style of play going back to junior, um, not tons of extra movement. Um, and it, it has its advantages and it has its disadvantages. But, um, you know, in my time in Ottawa, I was kind of 
um, kind of honing that in a little bit. And sometimes um, when you don't move as much as some other guys, um, you know, it can come across as complacency. So you can sort of work with that. And, um, you know, I try and eliminate the complacency and, and keep the limited movement and keep things simple. So when I really honed that in was uh, in my time in Springfield, working with Leo Luongo, my goalie coach then, we really kind of, I, I told him coming in, you know, hey, sometimes like this is, you know, this is my style. Um, he'd see me play. Um, this is what I want to avoid, the complacency. And here's how we do it. And I, I'm going to need your help. So he was all on board and we kind of just started things at practice um, during practice. You know, if, if you ever saw me getting a little lazy or, or something like that, or, or maybe cutting some movement out that uh, shouldn't have been cut out, he would, you know, be quick to, you know, say, hey, Drake's, you know, this is what I see. This is what we talked about, um, just so you're aware. And that made it really easy for me to just kind of dial that in and uh, use use that part of my game to my advantage. So those that year and a half and or year and a bit in Springfield really uh, helped me kind of hone in my game and and allowed me to do what I do well and kind of cut out the negative aspects of it. Now, I'm just guessing here, but from a goalie perspective, I got really excited when I saw a lot of the players that Bill Zito was signing last month. It looks like the D zone is going to be a bit more goalie friendly place next season. What, what were you thinking when you saw that? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, we have a lot of, a lot of grit now. Um, it seems that that's the direction that they're going. So as a goalie, you love to see that. Um, you know, I, I know we've, we've talked about, uh, me and Tally, we've talked about how the D zone needs to change. Um, you know, when you have a goalie like, like Bobrovsky, uh, two Vesnas come in and, and, um, you know, put up numbers that, you know, he's not used to getting, um, you know, obviously there's something going on. Um, so the D zone, I think is, is something that the coaching staff, it sounded like was looking to take a, take a look at and maybe, uh, swap some things around. So, you know, as a goal, from a goaltender standpoint, that's always great to hear. You want to give yourself, um, the best chance to, you know, play well. And, you know, if you have a lockdown D zone, it definitely makes things, things easier on our end. Now, you, you mentioned before that last season, uh, your apartment in Springy kind of turned into a goalie house with, with you, Philippe Derosier, and Ryan Bednard all staying there at one point or another. So I, when most people think of an apartment full of goalies, they're probably thinking it's kind of like a sitcom in there. But, but what was the experience like for you? Uh, well, Phil's a great guy. So I, I only live with Phil. Betsy was in there for a couple of weeks when I was in, uh, down here in Florida. So I never uh, lived with Betsy, but it was, um, it was good. I mean, I got the place and, uh, you know, Phil seemed like a real nice guy out of camp and uh, we got along well. So we decided we'd, we'd bunk up and, and get a place together. So it was, it was good. He's a super good guy. Um, great goalie partner. Um, was super encouraging, played well for us. So it, it was actually really, it was really great. Um, you know, it's usually pretty important about who you choose to live with. Um, so I got to know Phil a little bit early and uh, it seemed like it was, he was, he was a good guy for, uh, you know, to, to move in with. So we, we made it happen and, and we had a good time. And then uh, I got called up end of November. So I think we had two months there, not even. And then he pretty much had the place to himself. So I think he, uh, he got a deal out of that one. I imagine that place is, is long gone with your ascension up the depth chart and the AHL team moving to Charlotte, but where are you calling home nowadays? Um, so right now I just rented a place. So I, I just got in um, a couple of days ago to Fort Lauderdale. Um, and then me and my girlfriend just rented a place on Fort Lauderdale beach for um, 
you know, the time from now until training camp. So we're here for now. And then, uh, you know, when things get going, we will uh, reevaluate. Now, Fort Lauderdale is kind of like the place where a lot of the guys live out there. So have you been able to, to hang out with a lot of your teammates since you've been down here? Um, so I haven't yet. We literally just got here. It's Thursday. We got here late on Monday. So we've been kind of just doing some oh, stuff. Just seen the guys. Um, yeah. And, and they also, um, you know, we're on an eight day quarantine before we're allowed to be at the rink. So haven't seen the guys yet. We're kind of laying low, um, you know, getting tested every second day kind of thing. And then once that those tests all come back negative, then uh, we should be good to go and open things up. How excited are you to get past that quarantine and jump back on the ice and kind of really start moving forward towards the new season, even though we don't know exactly when it's going to start yet. December's almost here. So, you know, eventually you're going to have to jump back into that game mode. Yeah, definitely. I'm excited to get things going. Um, I was skating. So I spent um, the last few months in and just inside of Boston and uh, had some good skates there. Been on the ice, you know, two, three times a week and uh, I'm feeling good. So um, yeah, I'm, you know what, the eight days off isn't the end of the world. Kind of give the, the body a little bit of a break, not the end of the world at all. Um, you so, yeah. some yoga, right? <laughs> Literally looking at my yoga mat right there. Yeah, it is actually <laughs> a great time to do some yoga. So I've been trying to do, I, I actually put it as a goal of mine to just do a yoga, a yoga class a day um, up until I'm back on the ice because once things start going on the ice, it's uh, tougher to kind of mix that stuff back in. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to meeting the new guys, um, seeing the guys that are still around and, uh, getting to work with, with Tally and, uh, getting the season going as well. So when you say doing a yoga class a day, is that like a Peloton type thing where you're watching something on the iPad or is it just yeah. uh, you and your girlfriend kind of have your own things? No, no. So I, uh, actually, as soon as quarantine hit, I signed up for this on online yoga studio it's called glow and uh yeah i found an instructor that i like and uh throughout the summer i've just been hammering out classes they got all different um uh time lengths or lengths of classes so you can kind of do like anywhere from like 15 minutes up to an hour and a half if you want so um i've just been kind of doing like usually 60 minuters and just banging those out and it's been it's been good for my position it's pretty pretty you know checks a lot of the boxes flexibility uh, focus, balance, um, strength, like core strength, lot, lots of stuff, a lot of good stuff for injury prevention too. So I really like it. And, uh, you know, a lot of the routines too, I, I kind of throw into my routine at the rink, um, and just kind of bring that in there so I can kind of hopefully keep myself off the shelf as much as possible. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of what I've been doing along with, you know, um, I'll do some workout classes too and, and, and other stuff and, and hit the gym, uh, as well, but it's a good thing to, you know, kind of compliment my uh my other workouts too now before i get past the training stuff uh, just the one other question you talk about yoga and the importance of working your core being flexible inner uh, injury prevention how how does weight training work into that process because obviously it's a very different training set than doing yoga but equally important do you think absolutely yeah uh, i mean you need to be strong to to be an athlete at this level so i uh so so the difference with maybe you know, your average defense defenseman's workout plan and my plan is, is I don't really lift as heavy. I kind of fo focus more on the agility. Um, and then I'll, I'll get some, uh, more balanced stuff in there. So like, let's say, you know, instead of doing a back squat, for instance, and loading up a couple of plates aside, um, I'll kind of shy away from that and replace it with something more like a single leg squat with uh, like a split squat with some dumbbells. 
and then just kind of make it a little bit more working those smaller um, balanced muscles in the, in, in the legs um, and just kind of, you know, take the huge load off of your back and, and your lower back, especially. So I found, you know, I used to do those workouts and I just found that they're maybe doing a little bit more harm than good, um, especially with, with my position being, you know, somewhat prone to injury with, uh, you know, groins and hips and all that. So I found the, the lighter load and, um, you know, less aggressive, uh, weightlifting is kind of, uh, benefit for my, for, for my hips. And, uh, so that's kind of what I've been doing. And then the agility stuff too, getting around the crease, you've got to be fast. So that's a no brainer as well. So on the last episode of the pod, I spoke to Mike McKenna and he told me about a story about how on his way to Providence, his team's bus caught on fire. And after escaping the bus and recovering all their stuff, they played that night in Providence with gear that reeked like, well, like it had just been in a fire. I don't suppose you have any travel stories that can match that, but anything stand out from, uh, from all the bus trips? Uh, I remember when I went to Brampton, my first, well, my only stint in Brampton, I was there for maybe like a month, month and a bit. And so our first four road trips, the bus broke down three of them. So it was like, I, I think our coach was ready to pull his hair out. He was so frustrated, but it just like in the coast, it's just a different, uh, it's a different animal. Stuff like that happens all the time. Like you, you almost get immune to it, <laughs> to be to be honest. So that, that's one for sure that sticks out. Um, I'm trying to think like some of the road trips in the coast too, like you'll go, for instance, um, in Brampton would be another good example. We play, we play in Brampton on a Friday and then bus eight and a half hours through a snowstorm to Toledo to play the next night. And then we bus another six hours the next day to play in like Cincinnati for like, for a, a, like a matinee game or something. It's the bus trips are out of control. So you're playing in wet gear. Yeah. And, exactly and, what I was thinking. It's like you're playing in wet gear every day, right? yeah so I, and yeah and i pl i've played a few three and threes um where you started that, each three yeah where i started each oh, three man. i actually did one in the american league not this past season but the season before um monty had just got called up and we had a backup that i think was from the cis in calgary and i think the coach just didn't trust people from that league or whatever it was and they asked me to go all three and uh we won the first two and then we ended up losing the third one. I was trying to go for three and oh, but uh, it was good. And my body felt good. So uh, it was, it was a fun experience. Um, luckily, <laughs> you know, I, we had a week off and <laughs> the following week for me to recover, but um, also fortunate there's, there's none of those in the, in the NHL because those are tough on the body. Now, considering all the traveling that you've been able to do, are, are there any uh, buildings, any favorite buildings that you can think of uh, from over the years that you really like to visit? What, it doesn't have to be uh, NHL, just, you know, any, any fun buildings that you like to play in? Um, well, NHL, I mean, one of my first times playing was in, uh, or sorry, one of my first road trips was in uh, Madison Square Garden, pretty iconic arena. That's always cool to go there, a bunch of celebrities uh, in the stands. That was cool especially I was kind of getting called up with Ottawa. I just come from Binghamton, New York. There's not uh, too many celebrities uh, <laughs> around Binghamton. So it was a bit of a change of scenery for me. That was cool. Um, obviously Staples Center's great, same, same idea. And then in the American League, um, 
it's not really the barns that stick out as positive as much as the parts that stick out as you hate playing here. So, um, some of the ones that were, were always tough. Um, I was in Binghamton. We, we always had just out of the playoff teams. So, you know, we wouldn't, we were just hovering around 500 and, you know, we'd go to Wilkes, Wilkesbury or, or Lehigh and just get pummeled every time. So those were tough buildings, <laughs> nice buildings, nice, nice dressing rooms in both of them, especially Lehigh, but uh, they just always had better teams than us. So that was uh, pretty much nightmare material there. And then uh, another one that was tough. My first couple of years, we would go to Albany and uh, there would be six people in the stands and we play there Sundays every time. So it'd be like a two o'clock Sunday game. There'd be like, couple guys family members in the corner and that, and that was it so those were tough ones to, to get up for especially if it's your third game of the weekend so that's a couple that stick out as far as like uh, superstitions and game day rituals do you have anything that you kind of abide by when you when you're getting ready for a game so i don't think of them as superstitions i kind of think of them as rituals or or things that i do to get myself in a certain headspace that i'm able to perform at so i don't really do anything too crazy i mean i kind of just I, I i try and do i try and keep as many things the same as i can and over the years you know whether that's warm-ups warm-ups are always a guarantee you're gonna have your time in warm-ups uh, on the ice to kind of get yourself uh, mentally where you need to be. So that's huge because if something goes wrong in the pregame, like for instance, we had Longo's jersey retirement last year and, um, you know, we get to the rink and they say, hey, uh, just so everyone knows, um, you know, we got to be dressed on the bench in 25 minutes and I'm still in my suit. Um, we didn't get the heads up before or anything. So that throws a wrench in things a little bit. Yeah. So you just have to be prepared for, for stuff like that. And, and in that instance, you know, I, I did what I could. I shortened my routine up substantially, got dressed, got out there and then sat for almost, you know, 45 minutes, 50 minutes. Um, and then, you know, you're pretty cold after that. <laughs> so then you get out, you get, get to the room, try and warm up a little bit more. And then you go out, do your warm up. And then, so you, it just, you rely on your warm up. So there's certain things that I like to do during my warm up um, that I can guarantee that I'm going to get every, every single game beforehand to make me feel good. And um, I think that's, what's important. As soon as, you know, if, if you're a superstitious guy, you get to the rank and you got to do, you got to taper sick a certain way. You got to do this. You got to do that. Um, you know, if they throw a game at you, like the Luongo retirement ceremony, your, your brain's going to be in, in a pretzel because it's going to be, you're not going to hit any of your superstitions. Right. So I try to avoid that for that reason. And then, uh, just kind of stick to my, my warm up routine. Um, you know, I like to eat kind of similar things before, uh, for pregame and, uh, and for breakfast, stuff like that, but, but uh, nothing, nothing too crazy that sticks out. How about like any, uh, intricacies when you're out there? Like a lot of guys, you know, we'll tap the tap the post with our stick or you know avoid skating over the blue line what Patrick Wah used to do but I can't remember if you have any uh, little stip tap routines or not when you're yeah I, I tap I tap the back of my net that's what plays. it is it kind of yeah yeah I just I throw it back there tap it um that's one that's probably pretty much it I would mm. I would say I kind of just like do things like you know <laughs> folks I'll shake my head around or something like that but uh 
Yeah, I try and I try and keep it loose out there and, and not really get too rigid and just kind of use those as um, positives to get me into my mindset rather than needing them to, to right. play ball kind of thing. You know, like, you know, if I'm ever feeling not great, I'll be like, oh, well, you know what? I've got, you know, five different things that I can do to just kind of get my mindset back where it needs to be, whether it's go skate to the corner and drink some water or, you know. Yeah. Uh, talk to the refs or, or whatever, just to loosen up and then get yourself in a good frame of mind to get back and, and uh, focus on, on playing well. See, that's actually really smart. I like that. Cause like, you've got these little tricks in your toolbox, but you don't necessarily feel the need that like, okay, period's about to start. I got to tap my, got to tap my post, got to go skate to right. the corners. Like you're not locked in anything, but you've got the options there. That's exactly right. I try not to rely on them. Perfect. One of the last things I want to ask you about um, just here in South Florida, you've got some pretty influential goaltenders around you, whether it's your teammate, Sergei Bobrovsky, you got Roberto Luongo walking around almost every day. It's got to be pretty cool as a young goaltender to be able to kind of absorb from two guys, you know, one Hall of Fame bound, the other one on his way there with his career. So it, it's got to be pretty neat from your perspective. Yeah, both those guys are legends and they're both, uh, they both actually have very different uh, like games. Personally, I feel like if I were to like, put my at least the style of play i'd be much more like lou than sergey but um, nobody's really like bob let's you know bob, let's put that out there bob's bob, in a class of his own he's yeah and he's so <laughs> impressive but what i do um love to see from from sergey and try to absorb myself is just his his work ethic and his preparation you know i came in i've told this story before but i've came in uh, you know when i got called up and I was thinking to myself, like, okay, Drew, like you got a pretty good routine. Uh, let's see what these guys got. And Bob's doing like five <laughs> times the amount of stuff that I'm doing. I'm just like, oh, I guess it's not that good. <laughs> so, uh, but no, it's it's just uh, you know, and necessarily maybe for me, it's I don't need to do all that stuff. Maybe I do. You know, it's, it's just kind of looking at what he does and see, you know, this is how seriously he takes things, and this is what he's doing to get himself prepared, and this is the result. So, um, you know, his resume kind of speaks for itself. So I've just been trying to look through, like, you know, I'll be doing my warm up and I'll be kind of keeping an eye on what's Bob doing over there. Um, and he does a lot of really cool stuff. Um, a lot of goalie specific stuff, like low impact that, uh, that I really like. So it's, it, it was great learning from him and, you know, he's such a nice guy too, talking to him. If I have any questions, he's, you know, very, very nice and, and open and uh, kind of explains his thought process and stuff like that. So it's, uh, I'm pretty fortunate to be able to have him, um, you know, as a role model and uh, have him in the room every single day while, uh, while I'm here. I got to talk to you about goalie equipment. Can't let you go without talking about goalie pads. I know right now you, you've got the Vaughn set going and it's a pretty sharp looking set. Have you always been a Vaughn guy? Yeah, since I was maybe 13, 12, 13. It's my first That's set like of velocity days. Yeah, I was V2s for my first set. So almost the OG V1s, but uh, no, I, yeah, I was V2s. And then my first set, I got customized uh, V3s. They were, I still have them in my parents' basement. Those were my pride and joy. Yeah. And then after that, I was uh, started playing junior and I just went on the whole way. So been pretty pretty loyal Vaughn guy and uh you know I haven't really thought about switching um I really like the color the color scheme I got right now it's a little unique I don't, I don't think anyone else really has it matches our jerseys really well um I'm actually keeping it this season going forward so nice 
found it, like it, going to keep it for a bit here. And, uh, you know, they always say too, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So feel... the simplicity is nice with, with the vertical stripe going down the side. I think that's pretty cool. And you mentioned yeah. the jerseys. What, what did you think of the new uh, Panthers reverse retro that just came out? I like it. I like the retro stuff. It's a cool thing that the league's doing. Um, I'm excited to wear them. Awesome. Dreeds, thank you so much. I'm not going to take up any more of your time. Uh, I appreciate you coming on. I look forward to hopefully, you know, seeing you on the ice soon, uh, yeah. sooner rather than later, right? You bet. You bet. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Uh, for sure, man. And uh, that's going to do it for episode 28 of the Chirping the Cats podcast. A huge thank you to Chris Dreeder and the Florida Panthers for indulging me in some of this goalie talk. And uh, thank you out there to everyone who's listening. Please be sure to check out all of my Panthers coverage on Local10.com, or you can download the Local10 app as well. And you can follow me on Twitter at David's Work for daily coverage of the Cats. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast, please hit the subscribe button, give a good rating, and uh, feel free to reach out and let me know what you think. Until next time, everyone, please stay safe, wear your mask, and take care of yourselves and each other. Take care.